Hello guys and welcome to the Bench Units podcast. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing and the two fools who normally host this have asked me to an intro and I'm doing this off the cuff so enjoy and let's hope we can do a better podcast than my intro. <laughs> are you going to introduce us? That's kind of the host. No, job. <laughs> everybody knows who you two are. Like, I, yeah. should have, I should have introduced myself though. I should have done that but yeah, I'll leave that to you. You'll be fine. Yeah, your name is written on this Lee. Everyone, Lee Manning. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're Lee Manning, the guy who is Lee Manning. I'm James McSorley, who is that podcast guy. Um, and Mark, you're. Uh, I feel the like I'm the, I'm the one who's the podcast guy. You guys are the guys who are still playing. No, but the issue is, like, Lee is actually like world class. I, I actually like, I get more podcast conversations than I do like, hey, good game conversations. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I kind of, I don't want to say I want to distance myself from it, but like if I was just, if I played better, I probably would. But yeah, Lee, thanks for being here. Um, before before well, we can crack on, Lee, we have to address the background of your Zoom call because you've got <laughs> an Amiab banner and seemingly everything you've ever won in the background just there. Yeah. yeah. You give us a quick tour. You want a tour of them? Yeah. Oh, no, God. We don't have oh, time. Oh, this. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, this is one of the ones, I only done it recently, um, uh, and it's because I was thinking about getting back into streaming, so you guys know that I play a lot of um, PC games and whatnot like that, so I was thinking about getting back into streaming, and they were all in the box, just literally collecting dust, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll put them out and make them look pretty, and now for the last two weeks, they've been falling over non-stop off the shelf, and I'm having to try p- uh, picking back up and everything, so like that, it's just a fail. Ethically. With your footsteps, man, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it must be like Jurassic Park by the waters, Ripley. There you go, exactly. Um, so uh, is that just this start... one corner of your house, or is your whole house adorned with, like, Amiab flags and memorabilia? Oh, no, 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 literally just one part of my house, apart from it does look like... Uh... Does look like I'm trying to show off a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, this is purely an audio, an, an audio format. No one would have known unless we brought it up. Which yeah, we cheers, have. Mark. That's but yeah. So, since we've last spoken to you, um, we're going to talk about Champions Cup mostly. But since we've last spoken to you, you've won a Champions Cup. Uh, I think I don't remember the last time you were on I here. I definitely won one. I just don't know if. It yeah, was I know you won one. I just, I think, that, I think that was where that gap was. Um, since then. There's a bit of a new look in Amiab. Um, can you speak a little bit to how you're finding new season, new players, new lineups, but still just steamrolling everyone? Um, yeah, so definitely a new lineup. So obviously we lost um, Almu, Kyle and Gaz. Uh, me and Kyle obviously started our Amiab adventure together. Um, this is my ninth season now here, so a long time. And obviously Gaz for the last three seasons um possibly four uh they've ru- they, they ru- oh, ru- rolled into one at this point um so yeah different different style of basketball before it was very much a case of like uh two two-man actions where you could swing it from either side of the the court and play off of that and play off of the triple switch and quad switches um and then to this year using the fact that obviously we've got me and alejandro as two um big post players to just uh run and gun and try to beat everybody else down the floor just try and play downhill as much as possible uh, how has the shift been in terms of suiting your game um just like individually obviously you want to get up and down and get early position a lot do you think this has helped you or i mean you're not exactly lacking for shooting even now having like phil and Philipski out there but do you think this style suits you more individually 
Um, yes, apart from that's not meant as a disrespect to the style that we played before. I mean, in the day we won a Champions Cup, um, we, did a, we, did, we did pretty well, you know. Um, I think it's one of them ones where I've always tried to play to what the the team need. And I think of previous years, uh, we needed quite strong screen protection and pick and roll game and stuff like that. And obviously, whilst we did have Alejandro, um, he was out for most of the season with double shoulder surgery. So we had that was the style we played into. And yes, in Champions Cup, we had two bigs, but it, that was only for that week, pretty much. Uh, whereas this year, with having me and Alejandro, just so we can play off of each other. So there's always going to be a case where we go in for transition. Normally speaking, if one of us gets into the key, there's going to be a double team. So if one of us can just draw an extra player across, so it means the other one has a bit of space and kind of work it as like a one-two big man uh, punch, it, it works quite well. Um, which is something naturally that I would like to play. Like, obviously, I, I love um, transition. I love playing trying to beat everybody up court and back down um, but for me yeah it's good I feel a little bit kind of freer and I'm just trying to have like fun with my basketball but equally I loved how we played last year and I, I, I find it refreshing to almost play a new style of basketball as well um, rather than it's been the same for a very long time so be able to play a different style of basketball has kind of made me feel a little bit more refreshed uh, and like, like I said I've been in nine years so that kind of trying to not feel stagnant trying to keep move on trying to keep winning as well like it's difficult to uh, maintain that so no it's, it was, it's good for me nice and obviously like one of the big shifts is you've gone from having a Gaz and a Kyle handling the ball to Phil, who's just coming in, but obviously a guy like Phil comes into your team, you sort of hand the keys over to a certain extent with the handling obviously shared with Philipski. But what's it been like having a guy like him around day to day? I know me and you have obviously, all three of us have spent time around Phil and I think we can all speak to sort of what he brings to just a daily training environment. But what's it been like um, having him come in? Um, Well, I've really, really enjoyed it. There's another way of really putting it. Um it was a nice breath of fresh air because like I've played with Gaz for a lot, a lot of years. I played with Carl a lot of years, both good friends with both of them, but then to play with another friend who I've never necessarily played club with before. We've played internationally and obviously got a great understanding internationally, but to bring that into a club environment where you've seen each other more daily is really cool. And, we used to spend like the last couple of years playing online, playing Counter Strike. I was just going to say you've probably anyway. played, you've probably played more Counter Strike than you've yeah. played club basketball together <laughs> over the years. Exactly. So like bringing that vibe in was cool. Um, I think it's been a good way as well in terms of us growing off of each other from a leadership point of view. So obviously he was the captain of GB for a good number of years, and then he stepped down and stepped away from it, and I've taken over as the captain with GB. Um, apart from, I think it, we have uh, very, very similar views on captain leadership, but equally from different points at times. So I think it's been cool of both uh, understanding of each other and we're in the role of where we are within our careers as well. It's it's quite a cool one-two punch, if you know what I mean. Uh, not necessarily even just basketball, but from a leadership, from a point of view where we are. And <laughs> I don't think you mind me saying this, apart from the way I see it is... I've got a few more years within my basketball apart from at some point there's going to have to be a, a passing of the reins, so to speak. And Amiab is very much my baby. It's my team. It's I've, I've loved it. I've loved how it's gone. So it's kind of me sort of 
grooming him to take over the reins of um, Amiab. Like I want him to be that next guy to take Amiab and continue continue the journey the path it's on. I would hate for a situation whereby I was to leave and all of a sudden Amiab was to fall down a peg or two. So it's it's fun and I'm enjoying it. Cool. Lee Manning to leave Amiab is the soundbite we will take away from <laughs> Lee Manning grooms. Uh, no. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, am I going to have to cut that? Uh, no, no that's I can say I don't mean it. Um, that can say it. Um, we'll use Phil to kind of transition to this next bit. Leaks. One thing I think we talked about when the Eurocup groups came out is the fact that Phil's obviously been with Madiba, who haven't done Euro League really at all for most of his tenure there, apart from maybe the first season. So you've got a guy, world class player, who's come in, and he is presumably absolutely you know, tugging on the chain to get let loose and play EuroLeague again. So this kind of makes into your guys' standings where for this preliminary round, you are basically sitting back and watching the competition kind of kill each other off on their way to having to come through you guys at some point. So from your standing as champions last year, how do you kind of assess the field, I guess? Um... Well, I think it's pretty much and has been maybe for the last couple of years. A lot of the top teams are still your your top teams and your standout ones. Obviously, you've got the noticeable exception of um, uh, Kanti from that, um, which is a shame. It's a shame to not see them in Europe across the uh, amongst the big teams, should I say. Um, but now I think there's some really good, cool teams. Uh, I'm, <laughs> it's going to sound really weird. Uh, obviously it's cool that I can sit back like you said and the rewards of winning last year means that we get to miss this first round where you could have potential hiccups but I'm also gutted that I'm not playing like I really want to be playing against some of these top teams now just because it's fun like I, I love basketball I want to test myself and test the team against some of the top teams so the fact of missing out on a, uh, a round like this whilst okay I'm happy for the rest and whatnot I, like I said I am getting old but, <laughs> but no it's it sucks that some of these teams I'm going to miss playing, if you know what I mean. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, what, one of the groups only has is down to four teams now. So I guess you could put like a late entry in and be like, can we just roll out and get some scrimmage games in? And uh, I'm sure we'll get onto this as well. But from that's the group where you look at it and we're, I'm sure some teams in group A and C wish they were in that group. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's a weird, like, we'll get onto it, but my, my point for then was going to be Hyrule Union and Landil in one group. <laughs> um, and yeah, but I don't know. Once again, I, and you I forget have Santa on, Stefano. I have, yeah, I've come on here many times and said that I don't know how IWBF do things. I think they just throw things into hats and pull them out and hope <laughs> for the best. Um, and that is for choosing when and where to have world championships right down to <laughs> IWBF groups. Uh, Lee, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> Go for it, mate. Go okay. for it. Um, well, sorry for bringing you into this. Um, so looking at when we get on to the actual, like the business end of Champions Cup finals and stuff, do you see any way that the top four isn't just top two in Spain, top two in Germany? Like who... Um... Who would you have breaking into that, if anyone? So the only one I can find what could be interesting, uh, well, not the only one I can find could be interesting, uh, because I think even one of them ones where on paper you might be the better team or anything like that, we all know it's basketball. And to a certain degree, when you get to the quarter, the quarterfinal stage, it is basically knock, knockout, isn't it? So 
weird things can happen. I find Group C really interesting. Uh, obviously, with a Lunion and a Land deal, and you would put them through, uh, say, favourites to go through. But I am interested to see the the matchup with, say, Santa Stefano. Uh, Santa Stefano. Uh, yeah, Santa Stefano. Um, to see how they handle a player like Sabri or something like that. Um, I'm not necessarily predicting an upset, apart from one of them ones where you wouldn't be sl- you wouldn't be shocked if you know what I mean. Like it'd be cool and fun to see a competitive game there. Yeah, yeah. I think the Santa Stefano thing is kind of. I posited the idea last year of a Le Canet upset of Illunion in the quarterfinal just because quick team wants to get up and down might just be able to gum it up enough that Illunion can't run their usual stuff. And I think it's, if not like a talent advantage, it's you can claim possibly the same like tactical move for San Stefano of just being able to rough things up enough to put a more talented team off. But I think... That's a really interesting game. And I think me and James have spoken about already what we would call for the Landil and Illunion game that's going to happen in this group at this point in the season. I don't know what your take is on that matchup. Um, I will answer. I'm going to jump back to light as well. Do you think, as a question to you two, where we're talking about the Santa Stefano and Illunion and Landil, do you think that it could be a factor because... When, uh, Santa Stefano's first game is Alunia's second game of the first day. So whether oh, or not Alunia would be tired going into Santa Stefano and Santa Stefano fresh. I think that that's maybe like looking at Alunia on as the older group, whereas I think that's what they've always been. But I think like they've obviously got the younger guys in there in terms of like Greg and Tom now. I don't know if they're gonna... It's just crazy that there's only four hours time difference between the tips that's not that's not great uh did they pick they they must have picked that out of a hat um yeah no i don't um yeah that's that could be a factor but also i think it probably won't be but it's just yeah learning have more depth than previously no it's like the fact that it could be means it's not well organized but i don't know (laughs) this this stuff's probably really hard i mean i'll be honest here like i'm uh i'm gonna be supporting terry and greg uh anyway and not only that it probably serves all of us players playing in Spain well for Spain to Spanish teams to do well. Yes. <laughs> but um I think it's one of the ones you you're almost always hoping as a neutral for a good game more than anything. Yeah, so I'm yeah. trying to make factors out of maybe something which is Yeah, you wanna to, wanna to convince yourself it could be something. And yeah. by the time you've done that, you've done enough convincing of yourself to like <laughs> completely paper over all the obvious facts. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big fan of going, oh you know, this team could cause an upset, you know, and then when they don't I'm like, yeah, but I was right when I said they could. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, my like theoretically, I don't know. My process was okay in thinking about this. Like, um, but just talking about Spanish teams doing well, being good for us playing in Spain. We saw two years ago the Spanish junior point, uh, junior point deduction really made a difference, and last year in theory it didn't because it was an all Spanish final. Um, do you see it mattering a whole lot this year? Well, again, I keep talking about a, a Lunion. Um, apart from it goes for you guys as well, obviously, with Manu. Yeah, it affects um, us. Yeah. But yeah. a Lunion, obviously, is going to, I believe it will affect their lineups with uh, playing Pablo and probably have to go to Sara when they go four big. Yes. Um, so that could be go. a factor. Yeah, they have to go there when they go four big, or they have to go there when they go uh, Terry, Bill, Hasso, Greg. Um, yeah. as well but also she's really good so it's fine oh like, exactly yeah it's not, it's, not, it's not a bad replacement <laughs> yeah um cool um okay rank them 
top four uh one if we're just going on this hypothetical yeah. top four um top two teams in spain top two teams in germany give us a current power rankings if you had to guess without knowing how yeah. the crossovers are going to go who's going to end up where because but basically what james is asking you to do is answer the exact same question he completely and utterly wimped out of a few episodes <laughs> Um, okay, I'll answer it, and I suppose I'll also give my answer what I uh, didn't do for your question, Mark, which was Lando Alunion. Yeah. Um, I think I would like to, uh, and I'd like to say us top. Uh, I just think, not even in a arrogant sense, I just think stylistically how we playing and where we're playing very quick, and then can go to a half court matches up well with any of the other top four teams that I'm going to mention. Uh, so I'd like to say us top. Um, then, oh Jesus, oh God, it gets tough here. Do you have a Do you have a fourth in mind? Are you deciding between two and three? Like uh, I'm going two, three, four. So I don't know who's gonna. Obviously, my my top top tour, like you're saying, is a top two in Spain, top two in Germany. Yeah, uh, I would. Oh. I, I think stylist. Uh, it all depends who they're going to match up with. It's going to sound weird, but I think obviously uh, Landil have shown that they can beat Taranga. So if that was to be a thing, you I would maybe say then it's a Landil us final. But then equally, I pull Taranga or Alunion. I think Taranga could beat Alunion uh, because of speed to height, uh, which is something Alunion sometimes struggle with or struggle with against us because we're quick and uh, size and. Alunion are more size and steady half court basketball. Uh, obviously, they can change it with Tom coming on and whatnot. Uh, Sod it. Let's go us, Landil, Turinger, Alunion. And part of the reason is that because I didn't play Landil last year and I want to play another top team. Okay. Interesting. Okay, cool. We will um, perpetuate the Alunion slander. <laughs> okay. Um, Should we... I do think it is massively like. Who actually ends up in that order is massively matchup dependent, but yeah, I think I go Albacete, Landil, Illunion, Turingen in terms of like uh, if that's... you threw if you threw them all into a pot and they had to play each other ten times. I don't know. That's interesting. We've we've all got Albacete top, but we've all got a two, three, four in a different order. Because I that's think just because Lee's here. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the it's the unspoken tradition of this podcast, right? That whatever guest we we get in prior to a tournament just backs themselves. <laughs> we really get nothing. Like, no, we'll beat these guys. Yeah. No, they're uh, meant to. Like, I when I asked when I asked you that, Lee, I was like, well, obviously, like you first, because <laughs> one, like you you're allowed to do that, especially when it's perfectly reasonable to believe. Like, you know what I mean? If I came on here, I was like, well, we're winning it, and then like <laughs> you've de- you've definitely done that before. I think you even did that last year. Um, but yeah, I think that's interesting because I've got Thuringer as my second team in the power ranking. I They lost to Landil just before Christmas, but it was also like a two-point game. So I'm not at this point ready to be like, hey, Landil, you know, beat Thuringer convincingly enough to put themselves a tier above them. And I think Thuringer and Amiab is the best team-to-team matchup out of those four in terms of being able to cancel each other out. I mean, the semi-final last year was like perfect evidence of that, right? Yeah, that was a good game, that one. What a game it was. Yeah, that was, and that was prior to them getting Vahid back on form, who, you know, he vanished in that game against you guys, which is one of the greatest mysteries I'll ever see. So, in my pocket, be, mate. 
I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I can't believe he was. I can't believe he was, uh, words. Never mind. <laughs> I've completely shot myself there. Um, I was going to say I can't believe a layup was able to go all the way over the ring from inside your pocket. But um, I, will ex- I will accept it and move on and look at the medal. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, Actually, we didn't get a medal. That's the annoying thing from last year, you know. So we won the league and we won the Champions Cup and didn't get a single medal for either. Well, it's, ah. it's the unspoken rule of um, all these tournaments now, isn't it? Because you guys did the Super Cup at the start of the season and the reward for the Super Cup was a plaque. Well, you got medals on top, though. Oh, I'll did take... you? <laughs> yeah. The problem with it is, I, th- I think it's an IWF rule from the tournament's perspective that you don't have, and I don't know if it carried on after COVID, uh, but you only have to reward a trophy, not a medal which is all good and everything for the teams that then have something pretty in their offices. But for your players on my beautiful shelf behind me, I don't bet everything to put there. Yeah, that is, that is annoying. Like you get, you, you might get to, 20 years time. No one's going to believe you've won a champion's cup. I don't believe I won a champion's cup. <laughs> <laughs> 20, yeah. 20 years time when the next generation of young GB players are like, who? Because apparently people only remember like 10 years in the past at any given point in wheelchair basketball. They're not going to believe you won a Champions Cup. Don't worry, we'll tell them. Right. Shall we have a look at some of the groups we've got going on? All right. So group one uh, is coming here to Bilbao. And it is Bilbao, Le Canet, Julianova, Manchester Revolution, formerly Oldham. I'm going to call them Oldham 10 times apparently. And Galatasaray. So group of death for you. Who's dying? Me? Probably, yeah. No, yeah. probably not, guys. Um, I don't think there's an easy out anywhere in this group, unlike Manchester Revolution slash Oldham are the only amateur team coming to this, and I like I would genuinely be surprised if they finished bottom of the group. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's a weird one. I think they're like that's obviously when you look at it, like four professional teams that are top whatever in each of their respective leagues. Um you kind of look at the amateur team as potential punching bags, but that's one of the better amateur English teams to come do a Champions Cup in a while. Yeah. Um, so I could see them. I think they just need to nick one to make it into like a finals, don't they? So that's yeah. that's their job. And that's what I'm going to be rooting for, apart from us winning all weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be like lighting flares behind the olden bench <laughs> when I'm not playing. Uh, so... Lee, looking up on this group, do you you've obviously played against all of these teams in various incarnations at different points? Um, you know, they're different, slightly different setups, maybe from previous years. You've obviously played Bilbao twice already. What do you see the shakeout of this group being in terms of the top two teams are gonna have to be somebody that you worry about? Yeah, yeah. Uh <sighs> It's such a hard group to call. Um, just because also you you don't truly know what team Galatasaray are going to come with either. Yeah. Because you, uh, I don't know if you're the same, James, but you're just hearing a lot of rumours for certain players that are getting in and whatnot like that. Um, apart from all the rumours of players which are well over 40, so you'll probably be okay anyway. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, yeah, I heard this guy's going to put his cigarette and his beer down and go, <laughs> like, all right, cool. To be, um, to be fair, I, that's, I, that's every Turkish team post half time, right? <laughs> right, cigarettes away, let's get back to it. Just leave these guys alone. The old guys that you're like, I heard this guy's going to give up his day job and come back and play for Galatasaray is like, let these guys relax. <laughs> like, but yeah, um, we've, uh, I've seen, I've found a couple of YouTube videos of their games which have come to me via 
Lucas via Ayaka. So thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Ayaka. So we kind of roughly know what's going on there. But the only other big thing is, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Stupinengo isn't playing for Julianova right now because he's, I think he like hurt his eye or something, as far as I've heard. But they played Porto Torres last week and he wasn't there. So he's not coming here. So that kind of reduces them to four bigs at any given point. That that was a one point game, by the way, which we kind of shrugged off Group B a second ago. But who knows what that says about either Julian Over or Port Torres? But I think I would go safe bets here in terms. Of, I think Bilbao having the home advantage is massive because your guys' crowd is pretty intimidating, as um, Lee well knows over the years. And that's a full weekend of those guys showing up and drinking. So it's gonna be madness. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I would pick you guys and I would probably pick Lacane to finish either first or second. I think there's very contrasting styles between those top two, but I think we've seen Lacane before maybe not apply themselves the best to like tournament setup because the Fast and Furious thing doesn't necessarily work for four straight games, but I think that's where the talent advantage kind of drops off a little bit between Lacane and probably Galatasaray a third, I would say. Um, Lee, in your living over in Spain and having forgotten your homeland, have you any familiarity with what's now known as Manchester Revolution? Yeah, I mean, I think they've actually got a decent little squad, to be honest. So Martin Edwards is still there, obviously. Um, well, back there, because he played abroad last year, didn't he? Yes. Uh, so Martin there, good, obviously, player. Billy's uh, Billy's back playing there. Um, Sophie's playing there now as well. So they've got some strong, they've got some strong players, like, within the GV setup. Uh, so you, and it's Oldham. So you always know the, uh, like, the fundamentals is always going to be there. They're going to play a very, not structured offense. I don't mean it in terms of, like, very rigid, apart from structured, doing the, uh, doing the right things. And it's whether yeah. or not they've got the talent to beat some of the other teams because they're probably, from a foundation point of view, are more stable. Uh, I, I think I'm the same as you, though, Mark, if I'm honest with you. I think I'm Bilbao. And then my only question mark is Lacanay against um, Gillianova, just to see how that one would go for the second place. I think the reason why I would put Bilbao to win that group is... You're, you, obviously, you're going to have a problem, James, with uh, Manu playing as a free rather than two. Well, I say a problem, but you have to change your style, which you haven't been playing a lot of the year. Uh, but obviously, last year, with the problem with Asier being out of his operation and whatnot like that, I think you've got you've got the pieces there or a bit of experience to play, say, with the one big or David with the ball and stuff. And, I mean, you also proved that. The, uh, to end the game, was it this week uh, against yeah. uh, Malaga? Obviously, after Asia got fouled out, was it a foul, foul out? Yeah, yeah, just just five normal ones. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a change. Um, <laughs> Coming from you, <laughs> I, 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 he's, just, he's just he's just overtaken me for the most technicals in the league, so it's fine. Oh really, um, mate? I have no idea. <laughs> I was going to say you counting sounds like something God you knows. would do, so I wasn't surprised. But God yeah, no. and I think that's the one thing. Like we last year, we went there and. The obvious change to make when we have to go Manu as a three is you take me out, put a one in. And that's what we did last year. But now we have the lineup versatility where we can still run that stuff and have David on the floor or we can go four big um, with Mariana still, which 
I don't know. We actually we went to Champions Cup last year with six players. <laughs> like so it's nice that we actually are able to make you, changes for energy reasons and also just to actually try and sort of counter people's changes and styles and lineups. So I feel pretty good about that too. I would say Gilianova Lekane is probably the game for a second. I might actually take Gilianova just, okay, just for a bit of intrigue. Um I think I'm gonna be really good. Um <laughs> Just as you've said, you guys might go four big. There's legit four teams in this group round that might go yes. four big at some point. <laughs> I said good. this. I said this to Lucas yesterday. Actually, um, I was like, "Yeah, there's four big and a female one on four of these teams." Yeah, Except yeah. Galatasaray, I don't think have the mids to do it. I think they have to go three big, two ones. But yeah. si- like same thing, bigs and ones is what I mean. Um, yeah, I really do the hope opposite. They're just like, game. pardon. I really hope um, Oldham's still a game, though. I'm going to call them Oldham. I don't care. Man. It's just a revolution. But yeah. I really hope they steal a game, though. Who, who, are, you, who are you pitching them to steal? Um, well, the fact that we've got, I've got my two and three where they are, I would imagine then it's got, it can only leave uh, Galatasaray. But that, the, I don't know when they when they play each other in the schedule as well to know here's, whether or not. Here's what we're going to look up. Yeah, I was going to say that's the thing. They play us last, which is. Tough, you know, middle uh, of the day, yeah. middle of the day on the Saturday, Manchester play Galatasaray. Lee, who will you be rooting for if we get a close Oldham Bilbao game down the stretch? Who am I rooting for? Yeah, um, Manchester, let's, go no, no, no. let's go for Oldham. Yeah, let's go for Oldham. <laughs> Fair enough, I respect it. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I just love the idea that there's four teams that are going to go bigs and ones potentially. And then there's like an A that basically look like they're playing five, three and a half at any given point. Um, and it's funny that they're say, like, no, no, don't worry. We've added a low pointer and it's Matchek <laughs> who flies around and scores 18 points a game. Well, no, in France, it's 36 a game, isn't it? Like he's, yeah, he's doubled his money. It's ridiculous. Cause I remember in Spain last year and the year before he would go nine from 18 and he would make two free throws and he would have 20 points every game. But like nine from 18 and two free throws every game. Or it would be like two of them would be threes or something. And it was ridiculous. But now he's just 36 points a game on breakaway layups. So he's living the dream. That team's made for him. He's not playing any defense either. Have you seen him? Like uh, he's he's literally cheating and flying. I love it. Three-point line to three-point line. Yeah. I I said this to James recently that um, like an A this year, like the wheelchair Toronto Raptors, and Matchek is Fred Van Vliet. He's just like the tiny guy who's the outside shooter surrounded by like four massive guys. And he's like, eh, if I don't defend, they can probably cover four. Like those four can defend five guys for a second, except for a second. It's like they can defend five guys while I stay at the other end of the court. Yeah. That's the one thing. Have you seen on the French League's Instagram, they put up who are the top scorers of the week every week. I really want to be like, yeah, who was it against? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, I, I feel like Mendel hasn't heard me say we don't care about France for a while. So I'll, yeah, no, I don't know. I'm saying this like an air probably going to be this by 30 now that I've said that. But right. no, I don't think so. Should we move on? We shall. It is tradition. We've just talked about the group of death. I think group B can tentatively have the label of the group of bored to death. The group of life. Yeah. <laughs> so we've gone down from five teams to four in this one. Um I don't have who dropped out in front of me, but feel free to fill in the blanks if you know that. That um, was a Turkish team. Um, Mackenzie, is it? 
Yeah, I think is so. there a Besiktas? Uh, maybe there was a Besiktas. It was the, yeah, something yeah. crazy. So we've got Gran Canaria, Porto Torres, Hamburg, and Ilan Ramagan of Israel. So there's a very clear favourite, and if Gran Canaria don't win this group, something has gone badly wrong. Um, the twist to there only being four teams is that I think every one of these teams qualifies for a final uh, because it's usually only fifth place that doesn't make it through to finals, right? So. This is like a, a comfort group, I suppose. Um, yeah, everyone's on their holidays. Yeah, <laughs> Grand, Grand Canaria should top this group. I struggle to see any other outlook as to what might happen here. Um, Matt if- Ralston breakout game, forty-two years of age. He's going to have forty, and people are going to be like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> um, I one my one question is do the junior point things affect Gran Canaria in any way because I know they're still playing Raul as a one five. Um Ooh, then yeah. Uh, but they can play David, right? Yeah, David's the man. Well no, hold on, because they can still go four, five, three, five. Oh no, they're still fine anyway. Because yeah, it's just two fives and ones, isn't it? Like yeah, I think they're good. Yeah, there's not going to be a whole lot to... I think in a busy weekend of watching games, I hope I don't offend anybody when I say this will be the um, group where I kind of skip over and check in periodically. I don't see myself sitting down to watch any of these games start to finish. Come at me if anyone disagrees. No, I'm interested in what Ilan Ramat Gan have, but I won't know until I watch one of the games. Like, I think I'll probably, like, I'll go back and I'll look at which of those games were close and kind of watch accordingly, but... Well, um, they um, they made the EuroLeague one finals, right? And they played Gran Canaria last year? Yeah. Um, and they're, Gran Canaria, obviously, not as strong as they were a couple of years ago, but Ilan Romagan were the team that sat and let Rose Holloman shoot, like, roll down bank shots three offenses in a row. So, hopefully, they've learned on that front. Um... She's obviously not there, but yeah, bit of defensive game planning and they might be all right. Should we do Group C? Yes. So uh, Group C is the, oh God, was their full title, the Interwet and Colin Plast sitting bulls? That's um, is it at their place? Are they hosting? Yes, they're in Vienna. I was talking to Rose about this and I was like, haha, sucker, I can't believe you're going there instead of Gran Canaria. And she was like, yeah, it's Vienna. Vienna's nice. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, not as nice as Gran Canaria, but I suppose when you live there for three years, it's it's fine to see somewhere else. So, Sitting Bulls, Elunion, Landil, Santo Stefano, and Mo. Quick question before we get into all of this. Lee, were you... There's been like eight different Steelers Euro Cups where we went to the Sitting Bulls hosting... Were you there for the one where we got kicked out of the Chinese? Um, th- th- that's a bad thing because I-, I can't remember if I've-, I've been kicked out of a Chinese before and I can't remember if that was with Steelers or that was with Amiab, if I'm honest. Okay. So, <laughs> like one of the times, yes. <laughs> okay. That, that didn't happen. I'll have to go and work out what year that was. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is obviously, we talked about like the the top four, this is the only prelim round that's got two of the proposed top four teams playing each other amongst other teams. Um, Lee, you've obviously existed playing against Illunion so far this year. You guys, as you said, haven't crossed over with Landil for a couple of years now. Have you had a chance to watch a lot of Landil this season? I don't know how much you keep track of Germany as 
the season's going on? Um, if I'm honest, I I, tr- I try to. Uh, just 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 because yeah, um, I'm trying to watch some um, good basketball. I've seen the since Christmas. If I'm honest, they seem to have started a bit slow, and I've had to uh, come come back a few times to fight back to a couple of wing wins. But and the rotation seemed different since Christmas than it was before Christmas. I'm not sure if there's much reason to that or if it's just kind of messing around a little bit, so to speak. Um, well, you know what I mean? Like yeah. in terms of like just trying, trying to find lineups. Things. Yeah. 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 Uh, not actually messing around. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I suppose one good thing you could say about uh, land deal from that is they've had to learn to grit it out in tough games, yeah. which is mm-hmm. a harder thing to do. Uh, I think even from a Lunion's point of view, okay, like you said about the last the last podcast about the the twenty point game, which was actually six points against Vida Lid. Um, yeah. Do you, you agree? I'm you proving watched... that I listen, by the way. I'm, yeah, yeah. There's, there's pr- I'm proving that I listen. A couple of flexes in here. <laughs> yeah. Have you did, did you watch that game? And do you agree? Yeah. Like, I don't know if we're being harsh on Vitaly there, but I was just like, ah, eh, they're fine. <laughs> it was it was a strange one though, if I'm honest with you as well, because. I was also watching it from the other point of view. If Vidalid were just slightly cleaner with a couple of the ends of their plays or ends of their actions, it would have been a very close game anyway, which I suppose it was for six. But like you said, it felt like 20. Um, but my, yeah, my point being, I think Alunian haven't necessarily had any close games where they've had to really fight through. Uh, obviously, okay, that sounds cruel to say because they lost against us, but that was, they wasn't necessarily competitive against us in that game. Uh, but all the other games that they've played, and which should have been a game against you, by the way, uh, James. Why on earth that was so poor bugs me. Um, it oh, does when they, when they played us in our place. Yes. Um, it's funny. I think we expected anything that they could possibly throw at us, except them coming out and pressing us. And it was 12 nil. <laughs> it was 12 nil, and we lost by 16. Like we, yeah. we had a we had a brain fart for five minutes and. Didn't recover. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was infuriating to watch because, uh, like I said, I, I watched basketball when I was a fan, so I'm watching that thing. Yeah, this could be a good game. I'm like, oh, guys, come on! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I was like, like it was, it was one of those where you call it. You know, sometimes you call a timeout and you're like, okay, no, it's clear. Like, what we need to do is we need to adjust this, and maybe if you go run with this guy, and you know, if you move a little bit this way when this happens, blah blah blah. And sometimes you call timeouts, and you're just like, what do we do? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do we do apart from stop being stupid? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think Alunion haven't necessarily been tested in closer games. So that could be interesting just for Landil's re- resilience to, to that. So yeah, they could definitely argue being in closer games and fighting back as a better match prepared than for the tournament, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the first game, the first Alunion game against Fire the Lead was kind of as close as it seemed, whereas this one was not, which was weird. But both times they, I think, the last time Terry had 13 in the fourth quarter. And this time, as we spoke about in the podcast, there were three plays in a row that was just like, okay, Terry pick and roll, Terry post up. Uh, so like they have, they have closers, like they have guys that can figure that stuff out. But of course. I do think it's interesting because it's like, I don't know if they felt like that was a game. <laughs> you know what I mean, um, I don't know. I haven't spoken to any of them since that game, but random big, like sort of um, big picture question. We talked about our group, my group there as the group of death. Like, is this third group better than the first group, top to bottom? Um, yes. I don't know if it's better top to bottom. I think it's top, better top. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it's more top heavy. But I think this is very. This one aligns itself into 
much clearer tears, I think. I I reckon the final standing, standings of this is Illunion and Landil top two, and then it's San Stefano, Mo, sitting bulls. I'd feel pretty confident about the 3-4-5 there. Yeah. I can't say the same about your guys' group, or even who's second, really. Or I would pencil Bill Bowen as first in your group, but because I don't, here. don't feel great. <laughs> yeah, just because you're here. Um, but yeah, I think my question was going to be to both you guys, I guess. We saw Reunion Landil in the other semi-final um, to the one we mentioned last year at Champs Cup. Obviously, Landil have over have gone through a bit of a makeover in terms of getting a bit bigger and bringing Matthias Guntner in, and he plays basically forty minutes now to keep size on the floor for them at all times. So, do you think they're better equipped? to deal with this version of Illunion than they maybe were this time last year? Or not exactly this time last year, but the last time they played each other? Ooh, I'm going to jump in. Um, I would... You'd like to think so. I mean, that's part of the reason why they've done the the moves and done the trades that they have. Uh, not trades, signings that they have. Uh, for that exact reason, to try to cope with bigs. Because uh, I think I'm right in saying, wasn't it Amadou and Bill Lathan, both of them just torched for like yeah, high, yeah. High Bill, 20 points. Amadou had 27, Bill was 12 from 14. I remember yeah. this. Yeah, and I was just... like, what is happening? And a lot of them were just kind of breakaway situations, which I suppose isn't necessarily normal uh, for Landil. They're normally relatively quite good at getting back, playing a high line, and it's then if you're going to beat them because you've beaten them back from a high line perspective uh, and breaking it down early to get into an earlier offense. Uh, but that game, yeah, Last year was very strange. It was a lot of breakaways in situations which you would expected Landil to uh, cover, and they didn't necessarily. Yeah. yeah. I think the Landil stuff is kind of, they were sort of, they have that halfway line sort of hybrid press, like sort of half press, half just high line. And because I remember we played them in the quarterfinals. This is a, this is a weird one. We played them in the quarterfinals and they beat the brakes off us, but we actually were able to get across the halfway line, which I didn't think people thought we were going to be able to do. And I spoke <laughs> to some of the Alunian guys that night and they were like, looking at that, like if like they were basically like, no offense, but if you guys can get there, we can probably get there. And then there is that sort of thing. If you're playing mobile guys who don't really have the height, um, because they were playing with like a lot of the times they had like their two highest pointers were Brian Bell and um Hero. Uh, so it's like okay if you actually get broken down and you get a bill or an amadou under the basket what are you going to do um but no i think they've got the sort of versatility where no doubt they're going to try and go five men on the halfway line just flat out i think that's one of the reasons that they're working on like a four five two threes two twos um but they can also go massive um or they can go three big they've been going either four big and Kata or they're going three big Simon Yannick at some points, which is cool to watch. But I think their versatility makes a real difference now, like having that size, but being able to throw it out there and not having to play like Australia 2012, just because they've got three bigs on the floor. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. This seems like an obvious pick, but this is by a long way, the game I'm the most excited for of the whole, um, Freeland round. I think there would be something wrong if it was anything else. Um, 
We will touch on the last couple of teams in here, but Lee, obviously, San Stefano is your old stomping grounds prior to your nine years at Amiab. Um, I think I remember playing against you guys when Sabri Bezzetti must have just been a kid and you guys were all, he made a free throw and you guys were all like slapping him on the back and telling him well done and stuff. So looking at him now and what he does with that team, what's your kind of read on them? Um, if I'm completely honest with you, I haven't watched a crazy amount of, of the Italian league. Um, the to, yeah, but I think Sabri is an awesome player. Uh, yeah, I, he was the little the little youngster who um, the coach would tape up his hand to try to correct his follow through and do extra training sessions. But he's always been a beast of a guy, like stupidly, stupidly strong. Uh, even from say 15, he was a he's a big old lad. Um, I'm really, really impressed to see his development. Uh, playing against him when he was playing for Italy during the Europeans was good fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I, I, I love centers coming through or big power forwards coming through. Um, this is actually jumping back as well against Lando uh, Alunian. I actually think the the X factor in that game is not going to be necessarily your Amadou, your Bill, your Terry, or your Greg. I think the X factor is going to be Yasso. Yeah. Like if, if Yasso can find some find some form, find his game, get himself going within that. He's a dangerous, dangerous guy because he's huge, firstly, strong kid, um, and he's got a really, really high release on his shot. Like, there's a few people full stop in the world of basketball who I just love to play against. Yasa being one of them. I wish Rodney was still around. Uh, going against Sabri, just, just I love playing against centers. I want to, I wanted to test myself against the best and see where it falls out and whatnot. So, yeah, Yasa could be the X factor for that. But, yeah, in this one, uh, Santa Stefano... They've got a good old team, got some experienced players, have been there for a while and whatnot. Uh, haven't necessarily changed too much over the years, more or less a similar-ish play. Uh, it'd be good to see them, good to see them. I always want them to do well, given the history. And I mean, I think we forget how much, obviously they're a good team now in their own right, um, but how much of a feeder team they've been throughout the years and how many players have played there. You've got people like Tristan, Tristan's played there, Fifi played there, Gaz Chowdhury, Sam Brown, Richard Norte, myself, um, Dimitri, Kyle, John Hall even played there. Like some Dimitri's great players. Have come from there. That, guy, yeah. that guy's never leaving. Oh, he did though, didn't he? He went, he went to Vardalid for a year. Vardalid for a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Man, this isn't the Adriatic coast anymore. I'm going to go back. <laughs> He's got his citizenship and everything now, though. And I think it was, I think it went a little bit underrated Europe wide because Italy's kind of fallen off the map a little bit. But um, Santo Stefano bringing Fabio Raimondi in has been, I think he's an element of control to their offense that they've lacked at times when they've, there's been plenty of games where they've just gone hell for leather up and down. And, you know, let's see how the results bear out. But I think. Fabio's an extra element, even though he's not playing huge minutes because he's getting on a bit. I think it wouldn't surprise me if they're having a tough game here and he kind of keeps them in it with big shots or kind of floor general floor generalmanship. I don't know what the, the noun of that would be. Um, but yeah, I think Santa Stefano, I'm just looking forward to them taking on the kind of two more established but more structured teams. I think it's just going to be a a case study in can chaos reign supreme. Absolutely. So to summarize, somewhere in the IWBF offices, if you can find a way to get Lekane and Santa Stefano 
to your League One finals. I'm going to watch the absolute crap out of that. Uh... Like Mad Max. And um, just to look. <laughs> Just to loop it full circle, Lee, you said you wish Rodney was still around. Is he one of these guys who is allegedly coming back for Galatasaray? I had actually heard that at some point. <laughs> I do. Yeah. But, but they're all there back, don't they? Even Peter's coming back to play. Yeah, Piot, they're all there. <laughs> no, I I'd, I'd I'd actually actually heard, but... I'd heard Osgur, Piot, and Rodney were the three names I'd heard, which is ridiculous because one of them is there. Yeah. Isn't, isn't Chem there as well, but he can't play because of classification? Yeah, I'd heard he's that. there. He's playing the league, which is also yeah. annoying because the games I'm watching to try and figure them out, he's just on the floor, and it's like, well, that's I like, hey, just throw the massive guy the ball. They've got uh, Osgur Gunaydin from the under twenty three Turkish team. Good player. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I forget who else, but yeah, yeah. That... Check out Bill Bow's uh, YouTube, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um... And then, yeah, last team to touch in Group C is Mo, who France gone a little bit under the radar as well. But I think Mo must be, as you mentioned, with some of the Group A teams, Lee, Mo must be looking at Group B and being like, hey, come on, like we'd probably, they would at least finish second right there. Uh, they would then get panned in Champions Cup, so swings and roundabouts. But yeah, they're going to, I would pick Mo against Sitting Bulls. I don't know if there's a reasonable case for a close game between Mo and San Stefano. I think maybe the there's a lot of Aussies going on at this. Um, at Group C is one other thing that we should talk about. But I think the Aussie guys at Mo have got pretty good chemistry and have pulled them through a lot of decent games in the French League. So I would say they're not just going to roll into fourth place. I think they'll go down swinging in at least a couple of these games. Yeah. I, yeah, I think so. What do you think? You know something. Uh, sorry, I was distracted. Um, I my stop. fault. Um, I was looking on the IWF website and uh, for the list of the groups and whatnot like that. And if you click the teams, it's got the roster. And Chem is listed as a player for Galatasaray. Oh, interesting. This feels like something we should have researched beforehand. But I got you, are. boys. Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> but I swear he was classed out. I thought so as well, but yeah, no, Chem, you've got Chem, you've got your Oscar, you've got Piot, um, and the, yeah, so the young kids, like you're saying, and whatnot, but yeah, just, just as a, yeah, Chem is, Chem is listed. Chem is listed, Piot is listed, oh my goodness, um, but I, to be fair, like, it's not the first time team, like, I didn't see half of these guys, um, or didn't know half of these guys were coming, but it's not the first time a team's ever signed someone and been like, hey, we'll see at the start of February. Yeah. Well, like, the, that's happened. The uh, flip side to this is we're in the portion of the wheelchair basketball season that's like the equivalent to the weeks before the NBA trade deadline where every team just at least wants to circulate the news about how they're looking to get stronger just to scare everybody. (laughs) There's a reasonable chance that some of this stuff isn't going to happen, but it's just like, yeah, we'll give them something to worry about. It'll be fun. Um, But yeah, I think based on what we've said, we're going to go six teams through to Champs Cup coming forward. We'll go Bilbao, did you guys both pick Gillian over, or did you yeah. say? Tom? Yeah, we'll go yeah. Bilbao Gillian over through from Group A, Gran Canaria, Ramat Gan for lack of a better option, and then. You know, I think Port Torres could steal that just as a second spot. Um, similar to Chem on the classification thing, I'm unsure as to whether Katie Dan and I was able to play for Port Torres, and she's been playing 40 minutes. I think she had like 30 odd points the past weekend against. Yeah, Sanchez. she had 31 for them yeah. to just about miss out on winning a big game. So. Yeah, so if she's not there because of classifications, they're going to struggle because they've not got a lot of size. 
Um, Matt Ralston breakout tournament, calling it. <laughs> also, <laughs> like, I keep joking about this, but two Northern Irish people playing Champions Cup is actually filling my heart with joy. Like, I, <laughs> I just, no, like, that's actually, like, incredibly meaningful for me. Yeah. So, like, there's something in there but beneath all the jokes, like, shout out to Northern Ireland. But, yeah. <laughs> just hope you guys run into each other in the final. Uh, Via League Three. No. <laughs> And then, yeah, is anyone going to be brave enough to challenge the idea of Illunion and Landil going through from Group C? I think that'd be stupid. Yeah, I I think them two are definitely the clear favourites to go through. I mean, I was joking around a little bit earlier on with Santa Stefano, but that's just praying for a good game because I want some good basketball to watch. Do you know the most heartbreaking thing in the world would be like either like I finish a game or you guys finish or whatever you're doing this weekend and you look up to... Like you've just been a bit late to Lunion Landill and you click and it's like twenty one seven either yes. direction. I'd be like, oh, God damn it. I might get that because I'm playing uh, Malaga. We've got a catch up game for the season. So I play yeah. Malaga on that Saturday. Oh, yeah. Th- this is one thing we should address before um, we let you out of here, Lee, is because you've got that catch up game to play. You guys are undefeated, but are somehow still second in the Spanish league mm. <laughs> until you make yep. that game up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've still got at the bottom as well, haven't you? You've got uh, Madiba have won like the same amount of games as 10th place, but in 12th. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but they're, they're yeah, they've missed a game because they've missed one, not because they're replaying it. Like, <laughs> yeah, true. Well, they, they, they've got a replay to play and they got the one where they forfeited against us, I think. But yeah. anyway, yeah, it's a weird league on the standings, that's for sure, yeah, looking at it. it is. All right, should we answer? Oh, wait, should we answer these questions quickly and then we can get you out of here? Yeah, a couple of questions to go. So. All right. First one from Ayaka says, who would you like to play against if brackets when you reach the finals? <laughs> who would I like to play against? Uh, Landil, just because I played Turingo and I played Alunian last year. And I, uh, so I like the idea of beating another team that I haven't necessarily played. Yeah, sure. Cool. And the only other question we got was from High Rollers and it was how sick was the High Rollers three on three? You know what? Genuinely, I, I loved it. And it's something I want to talk to Jack Gibbs and High Rollers about doing some more work with them in the the future or anything like that. Because it's really, really fun. It's a really fun sport. It's very fast. It's action-packed. And they're just going to a weekend where there's, say, able-bodied athletes as well. And you kind of all mixed in together. It's just a really cool vibe. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So, no, I enjoyed it a lot. Sure. Cool. And we did have a secret third question from Lee Manning that says, was no better guest available? And I think you two have to answer that, not me. <laughs> you you fell in our lap. We were looking for we were looking for someone and you were like, hey, have you got someone coming on to talk about Champions Cup? But I was like, hey, would you like to? <laughs> I thought it was interesting because like we did it last year where we, I think for this round, we got Greg on and like obviously you're meant to back yourself and be like we're going to win this and then we're going to win and it's like yeah it was true up like they made the they made it to the finals so he also wasn't wrong but i think it was interesting to get your perspective on this from someone yeah. who isn't playing yet so you're a set, you're essentially like in in gladiator where the emperor just gets to sit at like best seats and watch the gladiators tear each other apart for the privilege yeah but i feel like the emperor is always at the end of the movies they get slaughtered them well, so, so I'm not sure if I like that ending. Well, that's that's for you to deal with when the <laughs> we'll get I'm you gonna, back on ahead of then. I'm going to post that as a sign bite if you guys lose in the final at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to remember that. I'm not. Again, I'm not even going to remember this next week. All right. So 
yeah, I think that's us done. So thank you very much for your time, Lee. Really appreciate it. And yeah, thanks. No, for thank being you. Here. No, thank you guys. No, I love it coming on there. I'm keen listening to the show anyway. So no, it's a lot of fun. Cheers. Okay, no everyone worries. go follow Lee on Instagram because he's back on the Instagram game. Um, <laughs> he's posting about us, crucially. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, everybody back, Lee. <laughs> right, Cheers, guys. And thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Peace out.